You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover Magic, the Gathering Finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. Alrighty, guys. Welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. This one is part one of three. Uh, so we've been kind of kicking the can down the road on this one because more and more stuff came out yep. on this topic that we were like, well, we want to do an episode because it's relevant. And eventually we were like, you know what? Fine. We're doing it. We can't wait forever because there's just going to be more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So what are we covering? Well, inflation, recessions, overall economic factors when the economy is in a downturn and what to do with them. And in this first episode, we're basically just going to cover the general broad stroke stuff. What's inflation? What's a recession? How are they related? Broad strokes, what do you do? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. So with that, let's get started. So basically, the start of the top inflation, uh, it's just a word that means the uh, supply and demand. So there is more demand than there is supply for various goods and services, and thus we are looking at a rise in price. Uh, any of you that do your own grocery shopping, that you know, you're not doing Instacart or anything like that, you will know, have noticed over the past couple of weeks a rise in price of proteins and uh, various produce because we are still seeing a shortage at the factories producing those products. Same thing if you are adjacent to, um, let's see, like uh, home building, the cost of copper has been going up for a very long time, the cost of wood, etc., also going up. And so that is essentially inflation. There is just an incredible demand for new housing and there is not enough supply of anything to keep up with that. Thus we see inflation there. But inflation is also uh, mainly brought across the economy. We are seeing just inf uh, inf a broadly based inflationary economy, and this is kind of what your raise at the end of the year is based off of. If you get 3%, that is not good enough this year. Yeah. Nine. No. Not you need to be looking at like 6 Yeah. to 9 right now. Nice. And off of inflation, we can often see a recession, which is succinctly a downturn in an economy for two quarters, half a year. Yep. And the U.S. government has been kind of reticent to admit that, but when you look at independent sources, and we'll be linking uh, a bunch of Investopedia and Al Jazeera articles, very clearly the U.S. economy, by their own reporting, has essentially said, we are in a recession. Uh, between the last two quarters, some total, we've seen a 2.5% decrease in uh, the annualized pace of GDP. Uh, 1.9 in Q2, because we're in Q3 right now, and 1.6% in uh, the first three months of the year. And one of the interesting things, too, uh, is that something else that factors into indicating a recession is retail sales. Mm -hmm. uh, because obviously, if consumer spending is down, it's because there's not as much luxury money out there. You can't spend as frivolously because you're more concerned about bills, because cost of living, everything else is going up. You know, non-farm payrolls go into that. Where's the job? Where are jobs at? Uh, and we're kind of in an interesting spot right now because we just came off of one of the weirdest two-year cycles in the history of the American economy. You know, we had 
almost a depression kind of because of all of the lockdowns and job loss and everything else. And then the gravy train started rolling in mm -hmm. and stimulus checks were out and people were just spending money like crazy. And that's what caused the hobby to explode. Yes, yeah. uh, and, you know, you saw the reserve list spike. You saw any kind of collectible really yep. spike. Uh, so now we have that, you know, we have indications of a recession here on the heels of this incredible boom to what I'd consider luxury industries. You know, it's not food, it's not clothing, it's not housing, it's a piece of cardboard with art on it. Nobody needs that. Uh, and it's, it's going to be very interesting to see as the cost of necessary goods go up, how funds are allocated to these hobby industries. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of what we saw previously was people were essentially saving more they weren't going out they weren't making unnecessary uh, expenditures like you were saying and we were also buffered by rather low interest rates on uh, money lending although there was really no housing or any large items to spend it on so people didn't take advantage of that not a lot of people were able to uh during covid and instead they saved money and there are economic reports saying that for the first i think either six months to a year of the law of the COVID lockdown in the United States, that the most credit card debt in the history of credit card debt in this country had been paid down in that year because people were not making their usual unnecessary overhead uh, expense that they had done previously. That allows them to pocket more and then buy into things like card games like this because they needed something to do at home, but they weren't going out to eat all the time. They were driving less. They weren't looking to just kind of spend as much time outside the house as possible because they couldn't. They were forced to stay in, and that allowed them to save more. There were a lot of people that had take advantage of the very low interest rates. I think we were looking at something around like 2%, uh, which was uh, historically low. And do, uh, as such, we saw a lot of migration out of large cities into suburbs and urban areas, which kind of plays into this weird kind of housing bubble that some places are in because those interest rates were low, it was very easy to make that move. And as we are in this recession, and one of the key factors in the fact that we're being here that people are pointing to is the fact that the US Federal Reserve was very slow at trying to correct everything that's been happening for the last 18 or so months. And we haven't been planning this episode for that long. I'd say we've probably been planning it for about two months, but it was really interesting yeah. because that bracketed a quarter. Us kicking the can down the road allowed us to see, like, hey, we are actually heading into a recession. The documents are, are out here. The Fed is starting to react like we would expect, attempting to correct for inflation and a recession. And that's kind of what prompted us to say, all right, it's time now, because you're starting to get that official acknowledgement. You're starting to, while the signs were there, there's obviously a chance things turn around. And now, no not happening yep. we're here let's go ahead and do it yep. so with all that what do you do in a recession yeah right now uh the it seems like the correction that the fed is making is they are raising interest rates so it is harder for people to acquire money but that's basically interest rates on loans it's not your your day-to-day -day. so they're trying to again slow down those large purchases and make people pocket more money so that they can account for what's going on with inflation and allow them to essentially save that money to keep living the way they are. So you can go back to living like you were two, you know, a year or two years ago and kind of 
live small and buy back into a hobby like this or other hobbies you have uh, at home. Or if you have to and you need to, you know, find funds somewhere, selling out also isn't a bad option either. While the inflation rate is going to be rather high, sorry, the interest rates are going to be rather high on loans. We are up to nine point something percent, I believe. Yeah. Uh, up, a, up a percentage point from a full percentage point from May. You know, that is on your bank loan. But if you're going to be selling a large chunk of reserve list or power because you need the money, you know, that is going to come at a discounted cost because you're selling to somebody else based on market prices. There's not going to be any juice on that loan. There's no. because there is no loan. So you, re- I don't think there's really a bad answer here. I think if you're in a spot where you need money, this is not a bad time, and you need a lot of it. This is not a bad time to think about liquidating. You can do so at a decent amount right now. The further we get into a recession, however, it's going to become worse and worse and worse because money is going to become tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah, and I think it's something that if you're going to do it, you need to do it at the beginning uh, because basically these prices are only going to keep trending down because people are going to start saving money because they need to buy beef. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not going to have as much money out there to do this. So there's two things you can do. If you need the money, you sell now because in a couple of months, not only will we be hitting the normal like Christmas lull where we see prices depreciate a little bit, We'll be entering the full on like, oh, yeah, now our economy is actually just in a recession. Uh, And if that happens, it's not going to be a good time to sell. It's already a bad time to sell in the winter. It's going to be even worse when this happens. Mm -hmm. The other alternative is if you are not really impacted by it, man, you can make 20 to 30 percent by buying stuff at retail and holding it until afterwards. So there's a couple of options there that you have available to you. And the question is, uh, do you want to, how able to protect yourself are you? Yeah. Are you able to just sit on stuff? Mm -hmm. If so, cool. Sit on it, appreciate a little bit more, that's fine. But if you need to get rid of it, or you're considering, well, maybe I should, now is the time to do it, not in three months. Yeah. I I think to, to protect oneself, either on the buy or the sell, now is the time to hawk the market. Yeah. You know, understand what you have, understand what you need, either because you want to bring in more or you want to push us some and understand what's going on in the marketplace. And I think this is the the opportune time to really build a knowledge base and yeah. spend time digging around and learning about what's going on in various formats for the cards that you own. If you're sitting on a lot of specs, it's time to take a little more of an aggressive stance if you need to out them. Yeah. and pay more attention to that. Alternatively, if you're looking to buy in, you know, in a couple of months, you can probably start picking up Pioneer staples on the cheap if the recession continues. Why? Because those people are done trying to queue for the art, the neck, the for regionals and yeah. that Pro Tour. And we know the next event after that is standard. So this is kind of a double whammy if you for those people. Like, it, it's, absol- it's, it's heinous. If I was a Pioneer player and I found out that the next event was going to be standard and I needed to buy back into standard because it's been dead for this long, I would be pissed as hell that I have to sell what I have to from Pioneer to buy back in 
as somebody who would be looking to buy in and build a build a collection to resell later on or stock a store, etc. I think this is a great time for me. Yeah. I I also think one of the interesting side things about this is if you're able to acquire something we've seen as everything is you know, economies have been affected around the world is for the first time in like 20 years, the euro is worth as much as the dollar. Uh, it's fallen that much. So there's an additional arbitrage opportunity on MKM where some of this stuff is already dirt cheap compared to the U.S. Uh, odd example, yeah. and I just know this because I just bought a couple off the site. Uh, MKM has foil Japanese A25 red elemental blasts for about 30 euros. That's buy list yeah. in the States. So there are opportunities there, not just in buying stuff at retail, but when you look at some of the fringe consequences of an economic downturn on the global level, national, whatever, you can see that there are ways to exploit it and make a little bit of money. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely think that that's the kind of thing that, oh, we should check it out. Yeah. When it comes to uh, the the global scale, we'll also be putting uh, a link out here. Granted, it's going to be to a last week tonight video, but it does kind of clearly explain what's going on on the global scale, especially with Europe, who's currently embroiled in the uh, Ukrainian and Russian war. Yeah. Right? The, the battle has been raging there since, I think, December, so we're on month eight, and how that has impacted the globe. And yeah. everything going on. We are also very strong, uh, the USD to the yen right now. It's about 135 yen to the, the dollar. I was looking that up, which is um, historic, I think, as well. Usually we float around a one-to-one, maybe 118 yen to the dollar. So if you're able to buy off of Hararuya or Tokyo MPG, whatever you can, also a really good look to, to pick up from there. But again, this is all about if you can if you have the ability to to move and arbitrage and it does behoove you to keep an eye on the on these marketplaces japan is picking up in commander so there's the opportunity to move commander staples yep. the eu still doesn't really do a whole lot with commander so bringing them in you know is an, another great idea something like red elemental blast is great not only for legacy but also for popper which is probably most likely why you were looking for them it is and i don't think a lot of other uh, locations around the globe really play popper as much as people in the U.S. and I, I could be dead wrong about this, but it's not like I hear a lot of European people clamoring to play popper. Usually, it's vintage and old school spinoffs. Yeah. So knowing that empowers you to to move cards off of uh, MKM, and if you have the opportunity to, you know, go to shows with external vendors, I don't know how often we're going to see Galactus etc. coming back in because Star City only has another couple events throughout the year but again that'll be a good place to look to arbitrage to and from yeah from a booth like that and so I, I think there are a lot of good ways to protect yourself in this as a, as a player as a collector as a financier though uh, I think as a player it is probably the worst yeah I it, it is definitely players being so much more prone to the whims of the marketplace it is certainly much more difficult especially when you have watsi doing watsi things and oh we've got you know all these reprints all these format changes 
Pro Tour changes. We're going back to a format that hasn't existed for a few years because Arena happened. And that definitely makes it difficult. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think as a collector and financier, much easier. Absolutely. Especially if you're able to pay attention to opportunities to exploit the marketplace. I think that's huge. Yep. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with some of my, my locals as they shift from Pioneer to Standard because I don't know how many of them bought in. Uh, Kamigawa brought us some very obvious playables, but they were obvious, so obvious, that they make it all the way down to Vintage. So you buy yeah. you buy into them. Streets comes out, and aside from Unlicensed Hearse and Ledger Shredder, who bought into what that's going to allow them to continue to play standard. Like at one point in time, the Grixis vampire legend, I think was all over standard, but I didn't really know that until I was watching commander content with somebody that plays commander. Yeah. You know, the triumphs are on their way up. That was mm-hmm. kind of a missed boat if you didn't jump in early, but how much money are people, our players going to have to spend jumping from one format to the next for these single format seasons? Yep. Unsure. And by the time that season rolls around again, there's a really good chance that everything that they bought into previously is out of date. Yeah. It the nice part about having a quote unquote qualifier season in like modern allowed you to play standard for the rest of the year and not have to worry about okay, one quarter is going to be standard, the next quarter is going to be pioneer, the quarter after that's going to be modern, the quarter after that's going to be who knows what, but by the time we get there my standard cards are almost rotated and it's been half a year since I had to care about standard and everything that's been printed since I've not paid attention to because I had other formats yep. to buy into to keep playing. And I, I think that's that's going to be the worst because you have to hold on to your cards for longer than anybody else, which means your opportunity to sell at a decent price gets lower and lower and lower, and you have to buy in, which then kind of hits you with that like inflationary idea of supply and demand. All the other grinders are going to be buying into standard as well, so get trucked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, great. I, I don't see a great way for players to come out of this uh, ahead or at a break even unless they do start playing like the finance game a little more and spending a little more money on standard all the time and pick up cards that they can move to other players in the area that like to crack boxes, like commander players or what have you. The, the invisibles yeah. that walk in and just start making trades or you know moving and shaking to cards to buy a list from, from trades at F&M or wherever they're playing. And I think yeah. that's that is the best way for a player to protect themselves or get a sponsorship from your LGS and just buy other cards. That's probably the optimal way to do it as a player, but I don't think that opportunity really exists anymore. No, I, I think it's gone. Unfortunately. Yeah. Say lobby. Yep, exactly. So as we continue to see, uh, a, a rise, uh, in inflation, we can, we see, the Fed, the Fed raise interest rate, raise interest rates, and we move further into a recession. What do you expect to see? Let's say more on the collector and financier side of things. Uh, I'd ex- I'd definitely expect a drop and a downturn, and I think uh, you know there's just overall on prices, particularly at the high end. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they'll drop a greater percentage than everything else. Well, obviously a Lotus is going to be a Lotus yep. and you know what stuff like that typically sees like a uh, 5% downturn every winter as we hit Christmas and people unload for Christmas money or whatever. 
I'd expect you'll see a 10 to 15% downturn in some of that stuff. You'll start to see duels drop. Yeah. And I, I think duels are the barrier, right? If you're worth less than a duel, I don't consider it a financier or collector option. But once you're more than a duel, that's where you'll see that like 10-ish percent drop. Okay. Uh, you may see a lot less in some cards. You know, it may be, I mean, I don't think you'll see fetches drop terribly much maybe 10 to 15 percent no but i think there's definitely some stuff you'll see that'll hit a 30 to 40 percent that may be in the like you know 30 to 50 dollar range that's really just an edh staple that you'll just it's not like you're going to wake up and it's going to be tanked but over the next few months year whatever you'll just see a gradual downturn on that stuff until it hits a new floor yeah um that's my expectation what about you i, I think that the, the way you lay it out is really good because you're you're looking at it more from a micro perspective. I was kind of thinking this at the macro, and I was thinking, what I ex- what I expect to happen is the recession grows deeper and interest rates grow higher. We will see entering the marketplace more high end. People are going to look to shift assets, yeah, and the market will absorb that. But we will see more often than not on Facebook Marketplace or uh, Twitter buys go up looking to move five digits worth of cards a little more often than not because as i mentioned up top you know the people who are going to acquire them aren't going to need to get the loan for them and the money that you're going to make is going to supplement what you would need to get from a loan to buy a house yeah or uh, another uh, asset like that that holds value that retains value that will accrue value over time and the way you pass down generational wealth is not through a collectible it's through something like a house through yeah. home ownership and i think that's what I, I that's how i expect to see things kind of move through i the sales that you're talking about i definitely understand it because people need to live their lives so they're going to give up the the third and the fourth mana vault and they'll yeah. just proxy the one because they own it they can flash it yeah right at the beginning of the game right it's easy it's right there they don't need the overhead they need to live a life um, yeah. And I, that's something I didn't think about, but is is very very real. The I just have, like I said, I was thinking of more from a macro perspective, and I I do expect to see, and this is going to sound kind of funny, but a shift in power. Ah, and yeah. We might see it kind of coalesce across a number of other named entities in time by a way of other vendors, you know, up to a handful of people that we might expect that kind of, yeah, will just gobble up what they can when it's a bear market for them and we could definitely see that that kind of uh coalesced movement yeah i i definitely think that's and it's a good point you make about you know people selling power to get into houses because that's something that when the economy is bad if you want to hold on to your money you're right you absolutely that's how you pass it down is real estate and it turns out a couple lotuses is a pretty good down payment on a lot of stuff so yeah yeah there's also the move like I don't think we'll see people move into like ingots and stuff like that, but there no. are there are or is it like the the school of thought that's like when if I don't know exactly how it works, but it's like when the economy does X, you you can move into like government bonds. When it does yeah. Y, you can move into uh, ingots like gold and silver to insulate and kind of like not play a shell game with the money, but play it put it in a place where it'll be a little safer. And I don't expect stuff like that to happen, but uh, yeah, it is something to think about. But. Uh, I think for me, like I said, that, that that's the expectation from a player perspective. I don't really know. It's so hard. I'm so removed from having to keep up with what goes on that 
I actually am worried with a Q2 2023 standard Pro Tour because we'll be coming out of Pioneer season with sets that people forgot about. And we're going to ask people to begin buying into standard again starting in about a month. Yeah. We're recording this at the beginning of August. August. Yeah. yeah. So this episode hits in a couple of days. By the time we we're done with this run, we might actually be at the uh, the next standard set release. We're going to ask them to buy into two standard sets, a third one uh, in at the beginning of 2023 and possibly a fourth one at Q2 2023. And I think that's a lot to ask of players. And I don't know if they'll be able to keep up. We might actually see a disappearance of large standard events for a while. Unless they can be held on Arena, which is the question I had immediately when I heard about the standard Pro Tour. It's like, okay, is this just going to be a digital event? And in that case, I think it's a lot easier for players. Oh, yeah, significantly. Um, every... uh, you just have to spend all your money on wild cards then. Exactly. You just buy that $50 bundle that nets you nothing. Every yeah, Everybody hates Arena and the Arena economy and... That's not our spiel, but there's a lot of it out there. Uh, the yeah. Professor had, does great stuff. Saffron Olive does great stuff because they're just jamming all the time. And if it's on Arena, I think it's easier and better overall. It's much more approachable. And, you know, lots of use the business of making money, and that's probably the best ROI they're going to get on a standard event. So that's the hope because it's better for everyone. But if it is a paper event, I really do not. I don't. Unless there's multiple standard events in the year, like, Here's a standard regionals and then a standard pro tour in Q4. So you've got two, two Qs, two and four. So people pay attention to standard more often than not. I don't yeah. see standard surviving like it used to without that kind of necessary push. But I, I don't know. I'm not grinding anymore. I don't. Bad EV. Exactly. It's, it's terrible EV. So, yeah. Unless there's anything you you expect from a player perspective, I think we're good to call this episode to a close. And our next episode, we'll be discussing more from the LGS side of things, what's going to happen. So we will catch you next week. But until then, we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube. If you want to get in touch with us individually, I am at Halt. I am Reptar on Twitter. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. We'll see you next week.